welcome to this new episode of BJMO Oncotalks. In this episode, we will turn the focus to advanced pancreatic cancer, a tumour type with a notoriously dismal prognosis. To guide us through the current and emerging treatment options for patients with advanced pancreatic cancer, we consulted with Professor Ivan Borbeth, a digestive oncologist at the Clinique Universitaire St. Luc in Brussels. Welcome then, Professor Borbeth, and thank you very much for your time. In order to set the scene, could you first give us an idea on the current pancreatic cancer landscape in Belgium? Well, it's not the most common cancer, that is for sure, but uh, it's uh, very worrying to see that the incidence of this cancer is rising. We have very good data from the Belgian Cancer Registry. They recorded the rising in incidence between uh, 2004 and 2018, and uh, we can notice that first, males are more prone to develop this cancer. The, the proportion is uh, two females for three males, around that. And the incidence, uh, we look at males first, six new cases per uh, 100,000 people per year in Belgium. And now it's rising to nine per 100,000. So it's a, it's a 50% increase in, in, uh, in more than 10 years. And uh, females, they start lower. They start at four per 100,000. And now the incidence for females is seven. So on a relative proportion, it's increasing even more for females, although they are less diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. By heart, if I remember well, pancreatic cancer should be now the 10th more, cancer, uh, more frequent cancer in Belgium. And um, we foresee that in the next 10 to 15 years, it will even more increase and reach probably more than two to 3,000 patients per year. And what percentage of these patients are diagnosed with metastatic disease? The figure we have in Belgium is about the same as in other countries, meaning that approximately half of our patients are diagnosed at the metastatic stage. So stage four is, is around 50%. And then you have... A good third of the patient that what we called locally advanced or borderline resectable, uh, if we look at the TNM score, it corresponds to stage 2B and stage 3. Now, more and more, we tend to classify in four categories. That is metastatic, of course, uh, locally advanced. We define locally advanced disease as patient that will not be resected uh, at any time of their disease course. Then you have borderline resectable patient. These, we hope, would eventually be resected provided that uh, a neoadjuvant treatment effectively downsizes the tumor and detaches the tumor from the, the surrounding vessel. And then you have the resectable patients. These are the minority. So readily resectable patients represent 10 to 15% of the all comers, so all patients diagnosed. And patients that we can downsize and, and resect in a second time represent one third of the borderline resectable. So I would say uh, that represents another five to ten percent. So overall, I would I would say roughly that twenty to twenty five percent of patients will be resected. Recently, attention is shifting from the adjuvant setting to the preoperative use of chemotherapy. What is the potential benefit of such an approach, and what were the most important study results in this respect? 
we have to mention the fact that the strongest evidence for uh, chemotherapy in the preoperative setting is the adjuvant setting. We have Prodige study that was um, communicated two years ago at ASCO and, and afterwards published in the New England Journal of Medicine that shows that the Folfirinox scheme, when it can be uh, brought to patients postoperatively, uh, dramatically improves disease-free survival and overall survival. We reached numbers we could not even dreamed of 10 years ago uh, with a disease-free survival that is uh, reaching a median 50 months. That is something incredible. Now, the evidence that neoadjuvant treatment uh, is effective, we don't have that much high-level evidence-based uh, data. Most uh, of the data come from uh, retrospective analysis, but the um, rationale for that is strong because of the fact that uh, many patients actually cannot tolerate a treatment in the adjuvant setting, whereas where, when they are diagnosed, and we we think of operating them. They can tolerate a good a, a good chemotherapy, which is usually uh, folfirinox. Now, in the future, hopefully, there will be uh, uh, randomized controlled trials that will prove this concept. Uh, there are trials ongoing in France and and in the US, and we'll know more in the in the I think the two or three years to come. And what is the current standard of care for patients with unresectable pancreatic cancer? We can consider we have two standards of care because we have two randomized phase three uh, trials that have proved the efficacy of two uh, different chemotherapy combinations. The first one is again Folfirinox. Again, the, the same group of French um, oncologists have demonstrated a doubling of the overall survival compared to the old standard gemcitabine in fit patients. So Folfirinox for, I would say, very fit patients, ECOG 0 or 1, younger patients is, is a standard. Now in Belgium, we have a specific situation where the, the second combination uh, I, uh, I want to mention, which is the combo of gemcitabine plus napaclitaxel, has demonstrated also a benefit in survival, although with a less impressive extent. We don't have a doubling of the uh, overall survival, but we have a benefit of two to three months. On the other hand, gemcitabine and napaclitaxel is broadly better tolerated than folfirinox can be given to patients with an older age and, and maybe a little bit more frailty, although we have to be very cautious because we have side effects also. So I, I, was, I was saying in Belgium we have a particular situation, uh, and that is uh, the fact that this combination, uh, gemcitabine plus napaclitaxel, is only reimbursed in first line. Uh, basically, you have one situation where you can give the treatment. And I think that's why we usually start with gemcitabine, not paclitaxel. At some time, patients do progress or uh, do have some side effects. And then we shift to a second line. And in very few patients, we can give colferinox, but more frequently... I would say uh, we have to stop uh, the drug that is giving the more cumbersome side effect, uh, which is neuropathy, cumulative neuropathy. Uh, 
uh, napaclitaxel is giving cumulative neuropathy and uh, also uh, oxaliplatin. So while we would be tempted to give folferinox, on practically we have to drop out uh, the oxaliplatin of the combination and we pursue with a, a doublet of 5-FU and irinotecan uh, in the past. And now, of course, uh, because of uh, the result of the uh, Napoli uh, trial, we can we and the reimbursement of uh, uh, liposomal irinotecan, we we usually give this combination of 5-FU and nal-iri. Now, as you indicated, newly approved second-line treatments have become available for patients with advanced pancreatic cancer. Is it safe to say that we are now moving towards some sort of continuum of care in pancreatic cancer, similar to what has been established with colorectal cancer? Or is this overly ambitious? I I think it's a bit ambitious to call it that way, but uh, we move forward that direction, hopefully, and it's not that infrequent uh, that uh, we can effectively give two lines of treatment to our patients with a benefit Uh, and also what is very important sometimes, uh, a good clinical benefit to the patients. Now, we have to be modest. The length of disease control and uh, overall survival is unfortunately much shorter than for colon cancer. One very important factor in that, the, the fact that we very, very exceptionally, and I would say nearly never reconsider uh, surgery in the in the treatment course. While for colon cancer, it is very often the case. I can count on my two hands, maybe uh, since I work, the situation where for pancreatic cancer, we have uh, considered this. But there seemed to be a small, timid paradigm shift also in that uh, situation because we see patients that are controlled for a longer time and that stay fit and that or that have eventually oligometastatic disease that could, I would say, benefit from uh, a surgery in the second time. And what options do you see on the horizon to continue to improve these initial steps towards a continuum of care in metastatic pancreatic cancer? I think there are two main directions we, we need to have is to, to be better in downstaging patients that have locally advanced and and borderline resectable cancer to be able to bring them more and more to surgery. And and of course, for the 50% of patients that are metastatic at diagnosis, we need to improve our efficacy of chemotherapy. So, uh, you know, lately, many cancer have been analyzed in, in depth and deciphered, and we have found more and more targetable molecular alterations. We should move forward also for pancreatic cancer. Also, we have uh, usually two to three big alterations that are very hardly targetable. Uh, KRAS and P53 are the most frequent. Also in that direction, like if we look at KRAS, for example, we have uh, the development of a specific G12C inhibitor that is uh, in development. This specific KRAS G12C mutation is not that frequent in pancreatic cancer, but we have to look for it. Of course, we know about the data on on, uh, PARP inhibitor for patients that have germinal BRCA mutations. 
I have to insist that the data that we have is specifically showing benefit for patients with germinal uh, BRCA uh, mutations, not somatic mutations. We don't know what would be the effect of PARP inhibitor in patients with somatic mutations. We have to be very cautious not to broaden the indications. There are studies ongoing that test the effect of PARP inhibitors and combinations of PARP and chemotherapy in patients with somatic mutations, but I think we have to include the patients in the trials if they are available and, and otherwise wait for the results of these trials before to broaden the treatment of our patients with BRCA or somatic BRCA mutations. Otherwise, I think we should look for microsatellite instability. We should look for N-track fusions. These are easy to perform analysis on the on the biopsy samples, and they can lead to uh, eventually a targeted treatment, like whether we would be immunotherapy for MSI high or uh, larotrectinib or other drugs for N-track fusions. And is this mutation screening already routine practice for patients with pancreatic cancer? We look for routinely for MSI and NTRAC because of the reasons I told you. We sometimes do NGS. We test for germline mutation of BRCA. And I think at this point, that's what we should do. To perform NGS to all patients with pancreatic cancer will lead to a lot of costly analysis without any possibility to lead to a treatment. So in first line, I would not do it, but more and more we do it in, in patients that progress after two lines and that are still fit for, uh, for, treater, for therapies. Now, you already touched upon the approval of liposomal irinotecan in the second-line treatment for advanced pancreatic cancer patients. What is the clinical basis for this? So the rationale for using liposomal irinotecan in second line is based on the, on the result of the Napoli trial, which is a well-designed, well-conducted phase three that shows clearly a benefit in terms of um, progression-free survival. Now, usually we say that the best evidence for efficacy is overall survival. Well, I would say that to obtain a benefit in PFS, uh, and, and OS in pancreatic cancer is the same because um, uh, we are in second line. And as we don't have approved third line, PFS translates immediately to, to overall survival. Overall survival was um, one, uh, one of the important endpoints also of this trial. And that uh, there also, there was a good benefit of, of the combination of 5FU and Nadiri uh, in this setting. And do these results in these studies mimic your personal experience with this agent? Yeah, I have more and more. We, we learn to use the drug. Well, liposomal irinotecan is not irinotecan. Uh, although the panel of side effects is about the same, I notice a little bit more diarrhea. So we have to be cautious and, and warn our patients about the fact that diarrhea can sometimes be an issue. I think one important thing, which is uh, um, not specifically about pancreatic cancer, but about the use of uh, 5-fluorouracil, is the fact that we have now a predictive test for toxicity of 5-FU, that is the uh, detection of uh, the deficiency in the enzyme that is metabolizing 5-FU, uh, which is uh, dehydropyrimidine dehydrogenase, so DPD is much more easy to say. Um, and we have now 
better knowledge of the fact that DPD deficiency can be detected either uh, by genetic uh, analysis or by phenotypic analysis. And that's what we do here in Saint-Luc. We test for the presence of the metabolite of, um, of 5-FU, which is a good marker of the efficacy of the enzyme. The more metabolite you have, the more enzyme you have. So we do now routinely test our patients for uh, this uh, enzyme activity. And uh, it's not that rare to discover at least partial deficiency, uh, which allows us to adapt the dose of uh, 5-FU. And could you give us an idea on the percentage of patients that actually make it to second-line treatment? Patients who tolerate a combination of gemcitabine and abraxane, more than half will have the combination of 5-FU naliri. I, I think we can be, yeah, we can fairly say that more than 50% of the patients will go to a second line because there was a sec because there was this selection for the first line actually what i did not mention is that although we have those gemcitabine abraxane on the one hand and folferinox on the on the other hand which are, should be considered at a standout there are still uh, patients with metastasis that are not fit enough to receive either the uh, combinations. So for those patients, we start with a monotherapy. One third of the patients, 20 to 30 percent of, of the, those patients are, are ECOG2 and want to have a chemotherapy. So they, we start with the gemcitabine and it's quite rare that those patients improve uh, enough to be able to tolerate a combination therapy in second line. So those patients usually after progression on dolcepcitabine, a, a big proportion of them don't get the drug uh, a second line at all. And for those who are fit enough, I tend to give them a monotherapy also in second line. How important is it to involve quality of life in the therapeutic decision-making process? It's really super important to always discuss quality of life with our patients because yeah, at the time they are diagnosed, Usually they know that their life is limited. And so I tend to, I, I really speak a lot with them to emphasize on the fact that their quality of life should be very important. Um, some patients do realize that perfectly well, but other patients, you know, they, they want to live at all costs. And it's, it's, it's really important to stress on the fact that they're, yeah, the rest of the life uh, is sometimes less important than the quality of the life. Uh, and on a final note, do you see any other promising treatment options on the horizon for patients with advanced pancreatic cancer? I think we should really, as for other cancers, look at combination of chemotherapy and immunotherapy. Although there was a study that addressed that question that was unfortunately negative trial, but I think we should keep on working in that direction, try to get to the, the tumor. The, the fact is pancreatic cancer is, is shielded by a micro environment that makes the cancer cells, they are really protected by their fibrosis. And so um, there have been attempts also to combine chemotherapy with the drugs that would destroy this fibrotic setting. 
but also there we had some disappointments. So um, it's really hard to cure or to treat cancer, but that is not a scoop that we know for a long time. But uh, I, I'm a strong believer that immunotherapy uh, for some patients is, is really the key to, uh, if not a cure, a long-standing remission for a proportion of patients. Okay, that wraps it up. Professor Borbeth, thank you very much for your time and also for your expertise. My pleasure. 